Welcome to the Jubilee Stratford podcast, where you can listen back on our weekly sermons, special guest speakers, and more. To find other resources and information about who we are, visit www.jubileestratford.com. If you like what you've heard here on this podcast today, don't forget to subscribe. Excellent. Thank you so much, Maria. Woo! What a morning already. That worship was just about ready. I was getting messed up back there. The heart of worship. What a phenomenal song, isn't it? Of where we just bring our simple sacrifice before the Lord. And, uh, and then he turns our stuff into something that's beautiful and, um, and transforms us. How many, how many are enjoying your journey with the Lord? How many are finding that... Um, you're in this place of where you're cultivating a place of intimacy with him in the secret place where nobody sees and uh, separate. And if, and if you're in a dry place, in a desert place where that's not happening, we want to encourage you to develop that place of intimacy. He wants to meet you. Did you know that the God of the universe wants to meet you? If you're watching online and you're hearing this and you're like, what is he talking about? Yeah, he wants to meet you. He wants to commune with you. I think one of the biggest takeaways I had from the Father Love Weekend, the intensive, was for many of us in Christianity, we think that Jesus is the good guy to protect us from the bad guy. That Jesus has come as our mediator to protect us from this holy, angry God that wants to destroy the world. And that's quite opposite to what Jesus demonstrated, isn't it? Jesus came to this world to completely empty himself where he didn't take any of the glory for himself so that the Father could be revealed. And when the Father was revealed, what was revealed to us was his goodness, his love, his compassion, his mercy. I often think of uh, the adulterous woman caught in adultery and, you know, where they pull her to the edge of the city to stone her. And um, they weren't wrong in what the law said. You know, they weren't wrong in how they took up arms to execute judgment on the, on the sin. But Jesus is standing there, and then he draws a line in the dust, and he says, I'm going to reveal to you something beyond the law, something beyond your understanding, and that is the goodness and mercy and love of the Father. And all of a sudden, he changes the table by saying, any one of you that's without sin, you may cast your first stone. I mean, let's just think about it. We know the story. We've read the story. But think about it for a moment. I mean, there could have been some that said, Jesus, you were actually, you know, allowing sin to exist. Or Jesus, you're, you're operating in lawlessness. Or you're, you're, uh, they wouldn't understand. But Jesus was saying, I'm here to change your mindset, to change your parameter of understanding as to who the Father is. And then all of a sudden we see mercy given to this woman who's been caught in sin. How many want the mercy of God? How many want to be on the line, on the line behind Jesus? I know I do, right? And that's who he is. He's a good, he's a good father revealed through his son. And, um, and so this morning we have a very special morning because uh, we're going to take up some significant time in regards to... Uh, a family that's within our community that has radically left everything to follow Jesus, meaning they, they've left owning a home, they've left 
having a stable job, they've left the security of an income, and they've said, we're going to follow Jesus to where Jesus wants to lead us. And, uh, and this morning, I'm so excited that Aaron and Shannon McGill are here with us and their family. And, uh, and I'm going to give them some time to really share about the journey that they're on and where their heart is at. Uh, but before I invite them up, um, I do want to explain a little bit about the book of Acts. And if you have your Bibles with you, can you open with me uh, to the book of Acts? Chapter 13, verses 2 to 3. So the book of Acts is situated with Paul, who is radically saved on the road to Damascus, and is a follower of Jesus. Now, he was the chief, most intelligent Pharisee of them all, knew the law the best, but was completely confronted by Jesus himself and now has become a radical missionary following the Lord. They've gathered together in Antioch. They've developed a church which, of believers. They gather together, they have community together, and they had leaders amongst their community. And one day when they were praying, the Holy Spirit came to them. They were fasting and they were praying. And the Holy Spirit came to them, and this is where we start from. It says, one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after the fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their ways. And so this morning, uh, as I invite Aaron and Shannon forward, or their family, or Shannon doesn't have to, whoever wants to come forward, um, I, wanna, I want them to tell us their story of how they've come to this place and, and the mission that they've called, the special work that's been put on their hearts. And uh, how many would just love to wake up tomorrow morning and go, God, you have a special work for me, so I'm going to quit my job, quit everything, and move on into what you've called me to? I don't know if I'm there. <laughs> now, hear me out on this, too. I think being in the marketplace and work is also the special work. It's not either or. It's both and, right? But for some of us, we're called to abandon everything and follow him. So let's give Aaron a big, warm welcome as he comes forward here this morning. And do, uh, if you want to talk to Shannon, do find her after. She, she usually lets me do the dirty work up here. But uh, no, it's uh, like Trevor said, um, and we sort of got into it, not really accidentally, but, you know, God had to make us aware of it. You know, the First Nations world and that opportunity as a ministry uh, wasn't on our grid at all. We had no clue it was really out there that that uh, almost third world condition even existed in our own country until God really just showed us in 2008 out in Alberta. And the thing that's amazing about it is how, how can I say it? Trevor and I were kind of going back and forth on text last night. It's really the heart of Jesus. It's really the heart of Jesus. And it's, it's not complicated. There's a verse where he says, I'll lead you with my eye. And I've, I've thought about that a lot. And usually for me, what that's become is something will catch your attention. Because you see something that God's looking at. And he's always looking towards the hurting. He's always looking towards those that need him, need a God in their lives. And something will just catch your attention. 
And it's almost like the Spirit says, hey, what do you think about that? Think we should do something about that? And, uh, and we do. <laughs> and we should. We should do something about it. And we've been just fortunate enough over the last 14 years of this, uh, just seeing the Lord open doors that seem closed. Um, we're going to show a bit of a video. It's going to show some clips from Ominji. And uh, there's a, there is a couple in there from Attawapiskat. And I talk about Attawapiskat a lot because that was really sort of like the watershed moment for us as a family. Um, because we did go in as a family because there was the suicide crisis on. There were 120 suicide attempts. And um, when you have, you know, kids as young as kids as young as nine. Deciding that there's no point in living till tomorrow. Something has to be done. Mm -hmm. Something has to be done. It's not a, oh, should I go? It's like, no, you have to go. Um, and so we got in, again, we're just a family. We got in just as us. Um, the, the pastor was there, was leaving the community which is a strange thing to do in a suicide crisis. Um, but that opened up the door for us to come in and, and be in the church. And, you know, we came in low and slow and slept on the floor. And, and uh, you know, I talk about that a lot. But uh, we've just seen the power of God uh, time and time and time again. We've seen, you know, I've seen everything almost I want to see. Um, because in these places, that's where you see the Lord. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And, and the, when you're working in these spots, you're in a constant state of weakness. The problem's too big, uh, the finances are too much, the people are, are, are in too much pain. But that's when you see the Spirit of God. That's when you see something that only the Spirit of God can do. And we've had to learn that. You don't learn it, <laughs> you know easily sometimes, but, you know, you do learn that every time we've been confronted with a problem, if you're being rushed off to the hospital to pray for someone or you don't have enough food that night, whatever it is, we've always seen the Spirit of the Lord make up the difference. And that's led us to just have a, a confidence that it just doesn't matter the size of the problem. It really doesn't matter. Um, the size of our God is what matters. Uh, and that's it. And that's what, you know, it, and it is, a, it is a faith journey. It's just about how much we trust the Lord. And, and we try and keep it that simple, right? We try and go, like, you know, you all sat down on the chairs. You trust that chair because it has a, a matter of integrity in its design. And we've learned that we can absolutely put that same rest and relaxation into the Father because of his integrity and who he is and his desire to reach the lost. We're not coming into our own idea. Oh, we're going to go save the First Nations. <laughs> it's, it's not our idea. Like you'd start with Acts there. You know, at the end of Matthew 28, Jesus is like, go. Come on, little eagles. <laughs> time to fly. And it's so true. And I, like I said, we've just seen time and time again, it doesn't matter what situation. We have a ton of stories. Like even our first time in Attawapiskat, we made sure to journal, and I think anytime you do kind of extreme mission stuff, it's good to do that because so many things happen. And I had 40 pages, typed pages, of things God did in a span of two months. That's remarkable. <laughs> 40 typed pages of the things God was doing. But the thing I'm seeing right now is we have a wonderful opportunity in this nation as 
Canadians to take the land. But what we're lacking is workers. We're lacking people who just honestly <laughs> know how to trust their God and just want to go out and do it. So it's a wonderful opportunity for you if you do want to get into the field because there, there really aren't that many people out there. That's, that's why it's so awesome about Rob going up north right now. Uh, we need a thousand Robs. <laughs> we need a thousand McGill families because the work is just so intense and the field is huge. It spans from, you know, Newfoundland to the Yukon. There's herding everywhere. Even when we were, we were up in Whitehorse this last year um, helping to start a First Nations church up there and with the clinket and, and the pain is just everywhere. It's everywhere. And the only answer is Jesus. There's that is one of the good things about this kind of ministry. There's no, you know, myths about what's needed. <laughs> if it's not the real Jesus, it just won't work. He is the only thing that works. That's it. Nothing else works. Not programs. You can throw all the money you want at it. It just doesn't matter. Uh, what's needed is the living God. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's demanded from us just to be simple be very simple, very real. Even when I'm sharing now, you know, I'd, the last thing I want to do is hype it up because it's not a hype ministry. There's nothing about it that's hype. It's very real. But you will see, you know, that's why I'm so excited. In two weeks, we're heading up to Wuminji. I'll be pastoring the church up there. It's in, in uh, northern Quebec. Uh, and I know I'm just, it's just going to be, it's a land of miracles. It's a land of the power of God. We'll see healings. Our plan is to, to take the whole community. It's about 1,500 people. And we're going to get them, whether they realize it or not. <laughs> so, so, no, it's a very exciting times, very exciting times. But Yeah, yeah sure. So now we're going to show a video. Yeah, so this is just heading up to Wuminji's in northern Quebec. I'll make a couple comments when it's done, but there's a shot you're going to see where I'm playing guitar with another guy and a bunch of men are just sitting at tables. That's a neat story I'll tell you in a sec. That's the church. I was watching these videos from home and what stuck out to me is um, this is part of our nation this is Canada you know the roads are, are dirt there's no infrastructure of um, if I'm right there's no infrastructure with water and with um, sewage in some of them no treatment plants it's, it's kind of it's, yeah and and so people are living like this you know continually and without hope and without a future and um, and the Lord's heart is really turned towards them. 
you know, he's looking at them and, and we have a part that we can play in this. You know, I think a lot of things that we take for granted, um, it's easy to take our comforts for granted, isn't it? And um, anyway, it's just pretty wild. So real quick, just a couple notes on that. You saw, so you saw that, that shot where everyone, I was playing guitar with another guy and there are all those men sitting around tables. So um, that was a Tuesday night. Nothing was, nothing was planned. There was nothing going on. And um, we just turned the lights on in the church because we kind of live up in an apartment up top. We're like, oh, I'll just turn the lights on. 
And people, men just started showing up <laughs> from 400 kilometers away. Two days before, it's just time, guys, it's time. Two days before, a guy's in the middle of the bush, 400 kilometers away, God meets him, calls him to be a pastor. He says, where do I go? He just leaves. He showed up at the church because the lights were on so we could get, he could get prayer and be launched into ministry. Wow. It's just, it's just time. It's time. The Spirit of the Lord is moving so strong right now. And I think down here you're being lied to. You're being told revival's coming. It's not coming. It's here. It's here. Because it's in you. It's in you. It actually is. It actually is in you. You are the carrier of it. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. What is needed is just you. Just to, whatever it is, like we said, it's, you know, if God has you in a business, make that business a hundred million dollar business and sow into the kingdom of God. You know, just wherever God has you, plow that row, <laughs> you know, do it as strong as you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, right? That's it. Like, what's that? Turn the lights on. Okay, Lord, well... What do you got planned? He's bringing someone from 400 kilometers away. And he came in. He came in like this. He's like, what's going on here? Like, he's just wandering around the church. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> he's like, I just, well, two days ago I was praying. God called me to be a pastor. What's going on here? It's just amazing. We're going to segue here for just a moment. I want to bring some scriptures uh, that I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart in relation to uh, the McGill family going out and being sent out, and for us to participate as well. And, um, and uh, towards the end, I'm going to invite um, Aaron and his family to come forward. We want to anoint them with oil and put our hands on them and just, and just commission them because um, the Lord spoke and said there's a special work that he set aside Paul, uh, sorry, it was um, Saul and Barnabas for the purposes of his special work. Barnabas and Saul, the special work that he's called them to. And one might say, well, what is that special work? And the special work is exactly what Aaron said. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. When Jesus came and he had completed his 40-day fast in the desert, it says that he went to the synagogue and he opened up the ancient scrolls and he opened up to Isaiah 61. And when he opened up to Isaiah 61, if you want to turn there with me at this moment, that would be, that would be fantastic. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Aaron said, It's not revival's coming. It's on you now. Jesus says, It's on me now. Right now, it's here. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. This is Jesus declaring it in the synagogue, this ancient prophecy from Isaiah. And we can see that as evidence upon Aaron and upon Shannon as they go out, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon them. 
I was researching last night the miracles of Jesus, and there was a couple things about his miracles. Actually, I started going down the pathway. Why, why the miracles? Like, honestly, why did Jesus perform miracles? You know, I've always kind of thought of it as, well, Jesus performed miracles because he was the Messiah, and therefore he wanted to demonstrate to people that there's something different than him than the average individual that made him set apart being God. And so, you know, he did these miracles so that, you know, no one could, could refute, you know, the fact that when he says he is God, he is God. And, there, and that, yes, that is true. Those, the miracles were for that. But there's two other purposes for the miracles. And I found these great quotes that I wanted to read to you this morning. And the first one is from Tim Keller. He says that we modern people think of miracles as the suspension of natural order. But Jesus meant them to be the restoration of the natural order. The Bible tells us that God did not originally make the world to have disease, hunger, and death in it. Jesus has come to redeem what is wrong and heal the world where it is broken. His miracles are not just as proof that he has the power, but also wonderfully foretastes of what he is going to do with that power. Jesus' miracles are not just the challenge to our minds, but a promise to our hearts that the world we all want is coming. How many believe that the world of the new kingdom is coming? His new world. And we live in this place of where we're subject to the elements of hunger, disease, brokenness. And we see the glimpses of his kingdom here in us in the fullness, but the fullness of his kingdom will come upon his return, where all things will be restored, and he will restore. In Revelations 21, verses 1 to 4, it says, Then I saw the new heaven and the new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud sound from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. So miracles, signs, and wonders was to demonstrate that he was God, but it was also to proclaim of the new world of restoration that's coming here and now in this place. But there's a third component to miracles. And if you read throughout the scriptures, what stood, stood out to me is that a lot of the miracles were very spontaneous. They were not premeditated or planned. It was all of a sudden in the moment. And if you look at the miracle of where Jesus turned the water into wine, I mean, his mom, he was saying, it's not time yet. Right now is not the time. His mom is saying, no, you need to do this because we've run out of wine at the wedding. And so out of the compassion of God, Think about that for a moment. The compassion of God was stirred at the moment that he demonstrated to the people around the power of Jesus, the God, the Son of God, in their midst, turning water into wine. It's absolutely incredible what Jesus has done. Miracles are a result of the intersection between God's love and human suffering. 
We see other miracles where Jesus would heal the lame and he would cure them of their diseases and he would give the blind to see and the ears to hear. He wants us to enter into that realm of miracles with him. He wants us to be able to touch his heart of compassion for others. He wants us to empty ourselves of our own ambitions, our own desires, to be stirred with the jealousy in the zeal of the Lord for the people around us. This moment, I'm going to call Aaron and, and Shannon and their family to come forward. And can I also invite Bruno ministry team elders and others that have a real heart? I know Doug does too, and many others. Let's just take a moment to, we want to lay hands on them. We want to anoint them and surround them and pray for them as they go out. Because I believe that as we as a church, as believers, as we join in with them and take responsibility for for our nation and for people in our nation to see the gospel go forward and touch people's hearts and lives, that we in turn get to partner with them in what, what the Lord has put on their hearts. How many want to partner with this? I know I want to get behind it. Holy Spirit, we remind you of the book of Acts, where Saul and Barnabas were set apart for the special work you called them to. And we here at Jubilee recognize the special work that you've called Aaron and Shannon and their family to. And at this moment, Holy Spirit, we ask that as we anoint them with oil, that the fullness of impartation would come to them the fullness of all that they need in you would be with them for the hearts and the people that they serve. Lord, we thank you for their humility. We thank you for their radical obedience. And we thank you for your provision and your faithfulness to them. Lord, I pray that you would draw close to them, draw near to them in every moment. Thank you for their children and their hearts that are connected to the to the families and the community, Lord, we bless their children. We mark them with your protection and your provision. We also mark them with the, the passion of your mission. Sorry, what's your name? Alea. Alea. Sonia. Sonia. Lord, I just bless these two girls, and you have a son too, right? I bless. But Lord, I just felt like that the supernatural realm is going to really open up through these girls in an amazing way. So I thank you, Lord, just for naturally, Lord, as they, because I know that you have someone that just really was on your heart too, and I heard you speak a while ago. But Lord, I thank you for that compassion and the love, your love that's in them for others. And Lord, I thank you that as they reach out, and even childlike, beautiful, bold prayers, that they will see you answer, that they will see 
um, miracles, that they will see healings, that they will see deliverances. So I thank you for these girls. And Lord, we bless you. We bless you in, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We just bless you. We bless you um, with courage and just a sense of the presence of God on your life. Yeah. Lord, just be so near and close to them. Let them feel you. And the little whispers that they hear, those little whispers that are you, Lord, I thank you just that they can follow through and see your glory, see what you want to do through them. Thank you, Lord. So good. I just feel that in my heart when I prayed for you guys the last time that, that the spirit of impossibility in, in situations, you're going into those really hard areas. I'm so glad to meet you guys that while back there. So I just, uh, yeah, I just pray that protection over these situations and things that seem impossible, and you know that already, but I just, I just want to lift that up on each one of you. That, that spirit of impossibility, nothing is impossible with God, and you know the scriptures, but you're really going into areas where there is so much that's hopeless, and you're carrying the spirit of hope. Yes. Lord, we thank you that, and as Maria prayed for you guys, I just come into agreement with what she prayed over you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are so good. You are so good. Yes, the spirit of revival is in us. What a good word that is for all of us right now. At this moment, we want to anoint you guys with oil. Father, we just anoint Aaron, Father, with the oil, the impartation of the Holy Spirit for the works of the kingdom, for the mission of the cross. Lord, we pray for the cross to go forward, the kingdom to go forward. We, it says that you take the laborers and you plunge them into the harvest. Father, plunge them into the harvest for the purpose of reaping for your kingdom. Let your mantle rest upon them and upon Shannon, Lord. Father, we thank you for Shannon. And Father, we thank you for her heart, compassion, and the power. Father, we thank you for the, the authority for casting out demons, for healing the sick. Father, we pray for supernatural provision and demonstration for their community. Lord, would you reveal the goodness of God to the people's hearts? Mm -hmm. We pray the, the anointing of Isaiah 61 upon them to go with them in Jesus' name. We thank you for them. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting. Bless you. Uh, just seeing something, God pulling back an arrow, a flaming arrow in his bow. And he's shooting it to where you're going. And it's going to create a forest fire that will not be easily put out. And you are the flaming arrow. <laughs> yeah, I just saw your feet. I just feel to bless your feet. And every, I just saw every footprint that you took was ringed in fire. That everywhere you step, just every step, create just spreads that fire. Just with your feet too, I feel like the land that you're going to step on, that the atmosphere is shifting, that you guys are taking the land, and that, um, that there's a dominion that's upon your feet. And so, Lord, we release that dominion upon them to bring good news. 
Lord, I pray that each footstep that they take on that land would bear fruit of good news and hope. And Lord, just let rivers, geysers, just come forward of, of the, the river of God to flow through them in Jesus' name. I want to bless you for where you're going to and for all the trauma that you have dealt with with the natives who have been committing suicide. I was sitting back there and I was thinking of my time in Quantoc, which is the northern Quebec. There's a suicide crisis and I was with a team and we went to pray. And at that time I was told that part of the suicide crisis is the break between the elders and the younger generation. And I was thinking about that for a moment. <laughs> God is going to help you bridge that gap between the loss of identity of the elders and where they are currently. Because as you start to teach, both through you and your family, they're going to start to learn who they are as God created them. And you'll be able to re uh, restore continuity in their heritage that they've lost. As you do, you're going to see suicide. Disobeyed. Do you know, just as, as Glenn is saying this, in Malachi, it talks about the hearts of the father to the children and the children's heart to the father. So we release not, not uh, the dominion of them coming in to take over, but the dominion that brings healing to their own people and the healing to their own nation. And Father, we thank you for uh, the, the, the elders in these communities. Lord, we pray that you would turn their hearts to their children. We release, we release the Father's blessing on the elders, Lord. Reveal Father Yeshua. God, reveal who the Father is and let the fathers rise up to protect their children, Lord, to rise up in the rightful place. Jesus, and we pray for the injustice that's upon the people. Father, that you would redeem and that you would absorb the injustice where we've hurt our First Nation people, Lord. Father, we pray, too, that... Um, that through this work that, that this family does, Lord, that there be uh, something revealed to our government as to what responsibilities they can take mm -hmm. in shifting um, this problem within our nation, Lord. We pray, would you sort out the injustice that's upon our land, Father, the iniquity upon our land. Mm -hmm. Father, break the curse of fatherlessness off our land, Father, mm -hmm. and release your kingdom in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I also feel like your, your relationship as a family will be that bright light too, to, to, as an example of what family life and intergenerational life looks like. And so I just bless you as a family and I just um, pray a hedge of protection around your family and that in this time you will draw even closer to one another, that God will just knit you together so, so purely and firmly and beautifully that your family will just be that light that shows them the way. Oh, God has put such an anointing on this girl here, Sonia.
She has a gift with art, and I just started seeing her artwork. And it's just like fire is going to come off those pictures. The Holy Spirit is going to anoint these pictures that she draws. And the Holy Spirit is going to draw people. It's just, oh, I was standing here and I had nothing. And it's just all at once I'm just seeing her art. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave Sonia art for a reason. I thank you, Jesus. You are going to move her to draw exactly what you want her to draw. And people are going to just be so touched by that art. I just thank you, Father. I just thank you, Father, that Sonia will do this. It's just going to come so natural. She doesn't have to make it happen. The Holy Spirit is just going to move through those hands as she does this sketching. Because her art has totally blessed me. I've got two pieces at my house. They're on my dresser, and they'll stay there forever. <laughs> and so, Father, I just thank you. Thank you, Father. Sonia's quiet, but oh my goodness, what her hands are going to do is going to be blessed by you, Father. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. This has been so great and so special. We love you guys. And uh, you connect with them afterwards, right after the service, but I'm going to hand this over to Doug. Doug is going to share with us uh, a practical way that we can help the McGill family just in this next coming week or so before they, they leave. Doug. Thanks, Trevor. Trevor uh, authorized us to do something that uh, we really hesitate to do as a church in terms of sending an email out more often than just to advise what's going on in the church. And so you should have received an email um, outlining a need that exists with the McGill family. Now, I love the way that Aaron operates in the things of the Holy Spirit because he just declares truth and he doesn't try to candy coat it or put, you know, make it bigger than it is. But if you heard what I heard, Aaron said they're leaving in two weeks. Did you hear that? But they don't have a vehicle. So how do you leave in two weeks without a vehicle? Romans chapter 10 talks about how will they know unless somebody goes, and how will they go unless they're sent? And Trevor talked about those miracles of God that he loves to do those things in the spontaneous, right? And I believe that we as the body of Christ, we as the sending church, we get to participate in a miracle, something bigger than we are. Right? It's not the changing of something that's normal. It's the doing the supernatural. And so I'm not here to manipulate you or coerce you into giving towards this vehicle that we've, that we've found that would suit the McGill family. We've prayed heavily into this. We really believe. When Bill Prankard was here, he challenged us in two fronts. First of all, he said that the First Nations are the nations of Canada that will usher revival into our land. So we're sending this family to trigger revival. Amen? Amen? And secondly, Bill said, as Canadians, we have to start believing in a big God. Amen? Back in 2000, my family made a trip to China to check out. We were, we were checking out the land. And interestingly enough, the amount of money that we needed to go was $28,000. Now, that's exactly the number 
that we need to raise for this vehicle for the McGills. And at the time, I got that scripture in Romans chapter 10, how will they go unless they're sent? How will they hear unless somebody goes? And I thought, you know what? I could take an airplane and cut it up into pieces and sell those pieces to raise the money. That's my marketing brain thinking. And God said, no. He said, you get people to pray. That's all. And God will bring the money. And so I just went and shared the vision and asked that people would pray. And surprisingly enough, the president of our company, who was not a believer, invited me to come and talk to him. And as I shared with him our vision, he opened his desk drawer and he pulled out a check for $10,000. See, the miracle's not up to us. But God uses us. He wants us to partner. And so most of the money, that other 18000 came from gifts of $50 and $100. And, but God wants us to be a part of that trip that the McGills are going to make. You saw the highway that they're traveling on. It's not a paved road. It's a gravel road with lots of potholes. And uh, we believe we found the right vehicle. We believe that and, and, I, and I, when I presented it to Aaron, Aaron said, if it's the vehicle God wants, then, then, then it'll come. And if it's not, we don't want it. So I'm, I'm encouraging the church, let's not get our eyes on $28,000. That's a big mountain. That's a lot of money. Let's get our eyes on a big God. And let's ask God, what can he do with each one of us to be a part of this incredible adventure the McGills are going on? Amen. I was just thinking of that thing of how do you eat an elephant, right? Is it one bite at a time? I don't know if that is applicable, but it's one bite at a time. And also, you know what I've learned is just simply ask the Lord. Lord, how much do you want me to give? Is this something that you want me to participate in? And then I listen, and then you hear what he says, and then that, that's our part, right? That's your part. And I believe that it can be a charitable donation through the church, so you can make out checks or donations and just write on that you want it to be designated to this. So that's really awesome, too, to be able to have a charitable receipt uh, for that as well. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that um, you are our great provider and that you provide for each one of us and that you love to partner with us. One time there was a need and I was a bit overwhelmed by the amount of the need, but what I was, you know, and then I, in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up, and it, it was just right out of the blue, and he said, we can do this together. And it just took it right away from me, like I had no more angst over it or question about it, and I knew then that it was the Lord was going to even provide for me to be able to do what, what was required. So that is what this is about. So Lord, I thank you that you partner with us and that you provide for us to give. I thank you that you just want us to be conduits of blessing, whether it's to Aaron, to our neighbors, to needs in the city, to needs across the nations. Lord, I thank you that we can partner with you in the generous heart that you have. I thank you, Lord, that anything that we do in your kingdom, it ends up being the greater blessing to us. 
I thank you, Lord, that when you cause us to have generous hearts, that we're the one in the end that just has lightness and freedom and joy from being generous and from giving. So I thank you for how it is in your kingdom, Lord. I love how you, how you do things. So, Father, we thank you for this service this morning. We thank you that we could come together. We thank you that we could bless a particular family. We thank you that we could worship you. We thank you that we are yours. And Lord, I pray that this week we would all become more aware of your presence in our lives, that we would look outside, that we would just see some of your wonder, that you would call us out into whatever part of your creation that you're calling each one of us to, and that we would feel you and know you in a deeper way, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Welcome to the Jubilee Stratford podcast, where you can listen back on our weekly sermons, special guest speakers, and more. To find other resources and information about who we are, visit www.jubileestratford.com. If you like what you've heard here on this podcast today, don't forget to subscribe.